With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. That's like the quiet storm right there. (laughs) The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the joyous Jim Eichenhofer. And uh, man, there's so much to talk about. We had a we had a big media day. I feel like we're we're both still uh, shaking off everything from that. It was a busy one, Jim, and, and you are a man about town. Yeah, it was busy. It was fun. Um, I have this situation every year where media day is always on Monday, and by Wednesday or Thursday of the same week, I'm still trying to go through everything and don't really necessarily have enough time to do that. Yeah. Did a million interviews, got a lot of good stuff. We're going to play some of the clips of some of the maybe best of Stuff that I got. It's hard. On media day. so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jim. Jim had his own office set up, and there's this long walk down the hallway where they had to go. And then Jim was sitting in a high back chair. But it was a good time. I thought. <laughs> I thought you got some good audio. You know, you just had to freak him out a little bit. Yes, that's- I'm very intimidating in person. So that's something that you know. The, that's one advantage that the veteran players have is that they've dealt with me over a period of years. Yes. And it's not quite as daunting to walk into the principal's office. Yeah, the dark on media day. Jim Eichenhofer. You know, but the rookies got to learn. You got to haze. Right, exactly. This is a big part of their adjustment to the league. It's something that everyone that plays here has to go through. Yep. But um, I'm going to do the best I can to help them ease their way into their transition as a pro and dealing with myself. I was about to say, I'm just glad I was able to help with the fog machine and the bats. Um, But it was it was a great, uh, great vibe in Jim's office. And I I just sort of want to talk about the media day vibe in general. It was a lot of fun this year. It seemed like this Pelicans uh, squad and I know media day for for almost every team. Jimmy Butler is uh, is part of this as well. You saw his uh, his antics, (laughs) but it's a fun day. You know, it's a rah rah day for every team. But it really did feel different. The vibe of of this team this year. by the way, last year when Jimmy Butler did the fake dreads, I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah. But now that I see that he came out with like, his, he he called it, he's in his emo phase. I love, it. I love the idea of every year he's going to come back with like a different theme and his media day picture is always going to be yes. something so absurd that we're going to look at all season and, and be like, that team is like, we can't use this. <laughs> it's like, we don't know what to do. Right. With this right. Now. It's great. And he, I, I just imagine he had to wake up at like six in the morning to get ready at <laughs> right, least right, to right. get all that stuff ready, right? to get his hair the way it was yeah. and to get some of the other additions. I think he, did he have some like, uh, get some lip rings? And yeah. Stuff, yeah. I some believe. rings. You know, yep. That's what I was lip rings. Mm-hmm. And, so yeah, unless he slept in a hyperbolic chamber or something to keep that hair, that, that yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Uh, the dedication that he has, it was but a hell of a day to go back to your uh, question and your point, as far as the vibes for the Pelicans specifically, I mean, I think it's been this way for the last couple of years, just yeah. because the group of guys that we have here, no one's been here that long, but there's, but we're now at the point where at least you know, this is the fifth season that Zion's been here. This is the fifth season that Brandon Ingram's been here. There are a few guys now that have gotten to know each other and have kind of gotten ingrained in New Orleans and with the team. And obviously this these, this group of guys gets along so well. Yeah. Um, they have among the most roster continuity in the entire NBA, which is something that I will probably get into either later in this show or definitely in the near future. It matters. The fact that this is really the second year in a row that they've come back with pretty much the same core guys and none of the 
major contributors from last season um, left in the offseason. So yeah. that that's very unique. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past, um, going back, you know, five, six, eight, ten years. There was a stretch where every single offseason there was a bunch of new faces. So yeah. the part about how they have a lot of almost all of the main guys back from the previous season um, is definitely unique. And it, it, it adds to the vibe of media day because it, yeah. it's not as much of a first day of school, like where you're, you're the shy kids walking in and like has to introduce himself and is afraid he's yeah. not going to be able to make friends with, you know, some of the guys because they just all know each other. So that, I think that makes people more relaxed. Oh, for sure. And, and I think being able to have that carryover of understanding the chemistry from, from man to man, this season, instead of having to just sort of crack open the playbook and refigure it out, you understand your relationships, you understand the skill sets of everybody on your team, and they have great relationships. I think it's just great to see how much fun these guys have together, how much they're genuinely friends. It almost feels like a college vibe, like just a bunch of kids getting together. I mean, Brandon Ingram, when he walked in, he just put on Aaron Summers sunglasses and just did a pose for about two minutes, just not moving. <laughs> so he was having fun, you know, yeah. and it just seemed like, like all the guys that... As much fun as they have and as, as friendly as they've always been, it seems like they are definitely ready this season. It, it just seems like a different kind of vibe. And it's funny because um, we said this last year that the fact that they have so many returning players would be hopefully a, a big advantage at the beginning of the season especially. And it really was. I mean, the way they started out the season, um, maybe the first month or so was a little rocky, but after that, in December, they took off. They were near the top of the West for a pretty long stretch. Um, so, you know, obviously it didn't turn out the way that we wanted to at right. the end of the season with but the you injuries. saw those glimmers of promise. You saw what it could be. So, and, and so when they say this year, you know, we hope that we can start fast because while a bunch of other teams in the NBA made splashy moves and are trying to integrate a couple starters or some yep. star players, the Pelicans definitely have things more set in place in terms of everyone knows what their roles are and everyone knows e each other on the court. So, I mean, for really the second year in a row, you hope that this will translate into they get off to a good start yeah. and they just need to sustain it this time. To, to your to your point, I mean, the coaching staff as well. Like, there's not a lot that the team is going to have to internally refigure out. And now it's just a matter of, like, capturing the momentum from last season, bottling it up, figuring out what works. And uh, and I don't feel like, like Willie Green and this group of players is that far away from it. Right, and I think one of the themes that we heard a lot on Media Day was just the confidence that the players have and the coaches and the front office in what this team is in terms of talent, in terms of potential. Um, a lot of younger players that are going to keep getting better, hopefully. Guys that made big strides from their rookie year to their second year. Yep. Um, and that was something that I talked about with several players, um, but in the first clip, we're going to have a bunch of clips today from Media Day of interviews that I did in the quote-unquote principal's office, yes. as, as we described the it earlier. And, and actually, you know, I should mention, too, I want to thank James Crosby of the video production yes. department because for I don't know how many years in a row now I've been able to use his office. Yeah. So the players come in and think that all the stuff in there is my office, and they're like, man, this is, well, this is a pretty cool office. Yeah, and nice. they're asking about James's family, and you're just pretending, <laughs> yeah, that's my wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my kid. Right, those are my kids. Yep. Yeah, he's got a, he actually has a New Orleans voodoo helmet in there that a lot of guys asked me about, and I had to explain to them, like, I they were, because a lot of people love that helmet. I don't yeah. know if you remember, the, it's oh, like yeah. a purple helmet with the I went to pretty a few cool logo. Games. Yeah. yeah, me too. And, um, but I had to explain to them, like, yeah, it's a cool helmet, but actually this is in my office. So yeah. they had to, they had to get, 
they had to get the uh, reality from me. made up a me. new elaborate lie every time. <laughs> yeah, I played for him. I was a, I was a safety. Uh, they called me the entity. Yeah. Because I would just scurry through defenders like Aaron Sproles, <laughs> you know. And One yeah, of the players actually did out. did ask me when I said that this isn't my office and that's someone else's. They, they said, oh, was it somebody that played for the New Orleans Voodoo? That's why they thought that there was a helmet in there. And I was like, no, it's just, I think somebody, James, I think James might have worked for them or somehow oh. he has that helmet. I was so. about to say, you should have said yes and then pointed at James and see if they believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he played for him. He was the quarterback. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why they're offensive not around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why right. That's why they, they folded yes. as a franchise because they, they had a guy who weighs under 200 pounds. And, and this is blocking. not a slight towards James. This is no. if, if any of us who work for this team uh, were thrown out there as athletes, uh, we would be booed and thrown off. Yeah, the, field. The, the team would not have lasted long. And <laughs> no. unfortunately, the voodoo aren't here anymore because I did enjoy going to those games. But yes. anyways, di- major digression. <laughs> Back to what we're talking that's about. That's what media day was like, though, man. Yeah. Um, this is Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas basically both talking about how much the team showed last season. Uh, at the beginning, I, I asked um, Zion just how he kind of views the, the, the position that the team is in going into the season. Long story short, we like what we have. Uh, I mean, even though we didn't finish the season the way we wanted, I mean, when we had all our guys on the court, uh, we were a top two, top three team in the West. And the West is a is a gauntlet, mm-hmm. so it is. I mean, it is like it's great, amazing, like dope, like that we do have a lot of guys that are still improving. I feel like I'm improving still myself. Bi feels the same way, CJ, but it, like those the guys like Trey, Herb, Najee, Jose, like Kyra, like all these dudes, like just we got a lot of depth. Larry, we have a lot of depth on this team, and you know we think we can really make a real run at it. Well, you know, last we showed last year that we are really capable, and we are uh, we are good what we got. So, only problem was the injuries. You know, not knowing who's gonna play, who's gonna be in and out. Unfortunate with the you know long injuries. Uh, that got us you know thinking like what's what's going on what's why we you know why we not good why we you know doing you know changing the game plan because one guy can't go this today one guy can go tomorrow right and, and it was a lot of game plan changing throughout this throughout the season throughout the year uh, but uh, coming back to the question we are we're capable we we know that we have a good pieces we you know we we really look good when we play together and we you know together on the court mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of uh you know being ready being ready physically mentally uh putting everything on the line on the in the game uh we're gonna be good great stuff there from zion and Jonas. Uh, you know, showing that they they're, they're still capable, they're still improving. That's what they like to talk about. That's what we like to to hear as Pelicans fans. That you know, this this isn't the apex. Still going upward, man. I like the fact that you know there's something concrete and tangible that we can point to as reasons to believe that this team has a, the ability to be one of the best teams in the West. Yeah, we I'm, we're going to be talking about this, I'm sure, all season, but. The West is extraordinarily deep this year. Yes. And in the, the for a change. I think the biggest yeah, for a change. <laughs> the biggest problem with that or the biggest challenge with that 
is that if you look at every team in the West schedule, it's like you're you're going to go through it and be like, okay, where's the stretch of even three, four games in a row where we're playing against teams that we can just walk on the court and right. win? Can we get that's some gimmies? Yeah. Right. That's that's a thing of the past. There might be some stretches where just randomly you might play some of the teams at the bottom of the East, but, I mean, that's going to be few and far between just be, yeah. based on the fact that, you know, you only play 30 games against the East, you play 52 against the West, your own conference. Um, so, I mean, that part of it is is definitely something that's formidable, but like I said, uh, compared to the recent past where, you know, it was kind of a hope and a dream and, and then Golden State is at the top and you're like, okay, how are we going to beat Curry and Durant? We probably won't yeah. be able to, but at least... Hey, I'm maybe, buying my lottery ticket, right. though. There's always a chance. But know? now, I mean, the fact that there's actual evidence that they can perform at that right. level, to me, is extremely encouraging. Now, yes. people out there are going to say, like, okay, well, half of the season, Jim. Like, yeah, great. You don't get a prize for being the best team in the West halfway through the year or 30 games through. And they ended up as a ninth seed and had to go through the play-in tournament. Yeah. Um, that was super close, super tight at the end. They easily could have been, you know, six or seven yeah. if they had won a couple more games. So what you want to do this year is to not have it come down to the last week of the season the way it did last year. Yeah, you don't want heartbreakers. Uh, right. But, and it's easy to also think that we were the only team that sort of petered out, you know, maybe uh, lost some momentum. But it's a long season, man. And when you're not focusing on the other teams, you see how it, it is just sort of a, a battle of attrition. Players go out. you got to rotate other players in. It's just... Every season, you're faced with some difficulty, but Mm -hmm. I think this team has been through it. I think they understand what they need to do now. You've got enough heady veterans. You've got enough uh, young players who are hungry, wanting to prove something. (laughs) Zion. Uh, and, uh, man, we got some uh, some other young players, Trey Murphy and Larry Nance, two of my favorites, two of the more uh, fun to speak to guys. You got to talk to them in the uh, gym office as well. Yes, indeed. I mean, I hate to even try to narrow it down in terms of there's so many good dudes to talk to yes. on this team. There's so I many know. funny players. I mean, maybe you could make a case that Trey and Larry Nance are the interview MVPs on this squad, but there's a – just like might be of the league. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they're two right. of the funniest, most most interesting dudes in the league. We're just happy to have them on the same team here. But just like the Western Conference, there's a ton of competition. It's not yes. as easy as like, okay, I'll just do a inter- couple interviews and I'm the best interview right. on the team. you got to beat out a lot of other players. But, um, you know, I mentioned how the one of the big reasons for optimism this year is the evidence, the concrete, tangible stuff that they put on the court through the first 35 games of the, of the year. The other thing to me in my mind is that you have – a bunch of th- second year, third year, fourth year players. We all know that that's the stage of a lot of players' careers where they make the biggest improvements, yeah, the biggest a jumps. Seasoning on them. A lot of the guys that have won NBA, NBA most valuable or not most valuable, most improved player over the last yeah. however many years are players in that third, fourth year of their career. Brandon Ingram won that award his first season here, which I oh, think was yes. his fourth year in the league after he played three years for the yep. Lakers. So the point is that. You've already shown that you can be one of the best teams in the league when everything comes together and everyone's relatively healthy the way it was last year. But also to me, I think when Trey Murphy comes back from his injury, there's been a lot of optimism in training camp media day about how much he's improved even just this summer. Which, which is, is crazy to think it, it really he seems is. to make some quantum leap every single and, season. And what he did last year was it was amazing in terms yeah. of the jump that he went from 
where he was to where he ended up. Even by February, January, or February, March, he's scoring 40 points in a game against Portland. But you can see it. You can actually see him growing up and filling out like in front of your eyes. I For forgot sure. who posted it, but they showed Trey Murphy's first media day. Really? And this one. And yeah. he looks like a full-grown man mm-hmm. compared to the child he was that- just a few years ago. And, and, and you can actually like just to see the difference in his face and to see the difference in his build and his approach is still the same. And now it's just a matter of like, if he keeps making, making these leaps every single year, I don't even know what the ceiling on Trey Murphy yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And I think people talked about Zion mentioned this specifically too, about how much stronger Trey has gotten as, as you just referenced, he looks, the you fact know, a little that bulkier, he's, yeah. right. He, he definitely focused on that during the off season. So you talk about Trey Murphy, who was one of the most improved players in the league you talk about Herb Jones, who I think made a nice jump at the end Always, of last season yeah. offensively. Yes. Jose Alvarado is now in his third year. Unfortunately, he missed the last couple months of last season, but he's itching to go and he's Always. pumped to get back on the court. Um, so Dyson Daniels, I mean, there's a long list of players that it, it doesn't even... Another guy who bulked up, uh, Dyson Daniels, yeah. looking noticeably bigger, stronger. And it doesn't even have to be all of these guys have to improve. Even if a couple of them, two or three guys, make a jump out of the, say, six youngest players on the team. Well, you think how, how small the, the little incremental pieces away we were from some of those wins. Those right. little jumps you're talking about could be the difference between a, a great many wins and losses. Right, and so that's one of the things that I think I'm... The most excited to, to watch all season, but also training camp and preseason. Yeah, and so in these two clips by the uh, um, interview MVPs that I mentioned, yes. Trey Murphy and Larry Nance, they both talk about just how exciting it is that this team, both short, short term and long term, has so much potential based on the young players on the roster. One of the stats and notes that I looked up that I mentioned, I think, to both of these guys before they they talked about you know some of the things that they like about the Pelicans roster um, on NBA.com. They have a search where you can, you can sort, you know, the amount of points per team in among first year players, second year players. Oh. And then they have veterans, which is all players that are not first and second year players. Okay. So the Pelicans had the fifth, fifth least minutes from veteran players, what NBA.com considers. And they had the six fewest points from veteran players. So, all of the teams that are in that bottom five under the Pelicans in those right. stats are all rebuilding teams like Houston, um, yeah. teams that really struggled last year. San Antonio, I think, might have been one of them as yeah. well. Um, there's really not that many teams in the league that have the combination of youth and the Pelicans had a winning record last year. They finished 42-40 and 40 right. year before they made the playoffs. So basically what Trey and Larry talk about is just that unique position that the Pelicans are in where they are able to be competitive right now, but they also have some runway for some of these younger players to keep getting better, which we think and hope is going to translate into more wins now, but also a, a pretty bright future going down the road two, three years from now. You know, it's great. You know, you see young talent, and a lot of times guys don't contribute as much, you know, younger because, you know, it's a league that's really tough, and then experience is always the best teacher. And so us being able to you know, really contributed at a high level last year in our second years was was big for us, and it showed us that uh, we're able to do it, and now the rest of the league is seeing that, all right, these young guys are really hooping. And then also, like, our guys that didn't get to play as much because of, due to injury, it just shows them that, you know, they have a supporting cast and they have guys around them that can really hoop too. It's great. 
It's great. Obviously, you know, like you said, there's there's either situations that are win now or rebuild, and or win now or win future, and and it's really cool to be a part of a team that can win now, but with a mixture of future optimism. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's really the only team I've been a part of that's that's like that. And I think, you know, obviously, like you said, everyone wants to focus on Dave Milwaukee and and you know whatever the big other you know Beal to Phoenix and the other big deals that happen, but. Um, you know, I think that's not our battle. Our battle mm-hmm. is us. You know, we're our own biggest enemy. And, you know, in terms of, you know, staying healthy and, 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 and all that. So I think if, if this offseason was just spent keeping everyone, keeping everyone healthy and, and, you know, having a healthy season, that's the biggest acquisition of the summer in, across the whole league, in my opinion. The acquisition of health. That would be huge, I guess, for any team, but especially one as snake-bitten as New Orleans has been. Uh, and, you know, uh, Larry Nance, what, what the moment he retires, he's going to get into broadcasting. He's got the voice. He's got the, the broadcaster voice. It's just perfect. <laughs> Whether he be a politician or a broadcaster, he's ready to roll, man. Great stuff there. I got. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I say I have always high expectations for what he's going to say, no matter how bad the question that I ask is or anyone else. Yeah. But that clip was pretty incredible, the way that he kind of summed up the whole situation for the team. That's what we've been talking about. Right. You know, if they could just stay whole and finish a season, health is huge. And you're right. Um, you know, we saw a bunch of players in the NBA b- get big contract extensions this year. Herb got a nice extension. Um, some of the players are making forty, fifty million dollars a year. You can't Same. give you can't give health a big contract. <laughs> yeah. But if we could, yeah. oh, if we boy, could pay, yeah. oh my God, the the value on that contract would yes. be through the roof. Whew. It would make Jalen Brown and some of the other guys that signed up for big money jealous. <laughs> yep. They would be like, hey, I want to get the contract that a healthy season Who's got. Health's agents. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta right. get that guy. Right. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean that that's just one thing to look for. And and you can never control it. I think that's the most frustrating thing right. about it is you can always hope, you can cross your fingers, you can cross your toes and anything else you can physically cross. But there's only uh there's only so much uh, good it'll do and you just gotta hope and pray that uh, health stays with us. But it seems like everybody has been working on the things they need to work on. You know, Zion's been working on his pliability, his strength. It seems like everybody is focusing on the things they need to do to stay healthy to finish a season. Yeah, and I think one of the things that Trajan Langdon and and other people talked about on media that I thought was really interesting, I wrote about this on Monday. that He said that a lot of the players have a chip on their shoulder coming into the season. So, you know, you mentioned that a lot of guys are – working on specific things that they think can help them the most and transfer over to the season. And hopefully that'll turn into more wins and a higher placing in the Western conference. But I do think that there is some intangible that we can't quite measure in terms of um, how motivated they are to, to prove, Mm -hmm. okay, we belong in the conversation as one of the best teams in the West. Um, I mentioned this Monday as well, that, you know, they went from, the last few years, I think almost every season since Zion's been here, they've had double-digit national TV appearances. 
this year they only have six games between um, ESPN, TNT, Sons. and ABC. And actually, <clears throat> by the way, um, slight digression, they did have a game added to the ABC schedule Ooh. from ESPN, so that's good. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, um, it's just they're just not a team, and Trajan talked about this specifically, they're not a team that people are talking about right now, which I think – to some extent, I don't know if bothers the players is the right way it's to phrase it. It's a built-in chip on your shoulder. To right. be overlooked is almost worse than to be smack-talked. Mm-hmm. To just be acted as a, as a non-entity. And, and New Orleans basketball fans realize this. I think that's why there's such a great connection between New Orleans fans and this team is both, I think, have felt overlooked. You know, when, mm-hmm. when New Orleans fans are wearing that basketball city stuff, you yeah. know, like all that, they want people to know that this team is, is built into the fabric of the city. And I think... To, to, for the players themselves to not get recognition as t- for being a, a real contender in the West, for mm-hmm. for being what if but for health. Uh, to just be overlooked has got to be a chip on their shoulder. And any extra motivation rolling into this season, I'm all for it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you, when you don't make the playoffs, that's another factor. And, and I'm not even saying that this is unfair or that they should, you know, that we, we're not, I'm not sitting here crying about it or complaining sure. about that they're not getting more attention. I think we know the reasons why when you don't get into the postseason, mm-hmm. the conversation. And we're a small market. We, we right. got to be honest with the market we're in. New York, LA teams are going to get uh, most of the coverage. Right. Stars are going to get most of the coverage in those big markets. It's just the nature of, of media mm-hmm. coverage. But uh, again, I, I think it's it's a little extra twisting of the knife, a little extra twisting of the bolts for motivation. It's funny too when you look at the whole situation in terms of their motivation. You look at the Western Conference of how many teams are going to be really competitive. You look at the fact that there was just a little. I mean, I think there was a full fledged, at least from our perspective, rivalry with the Suns that developed last season, yeah. where there's genuine dislike, I think, from the fan base towards them. The Lakers has been a team that we built in has been there for a while. I think there's a little like rumblings of one with the Timberwolves, maybe the Grizzlies too, to some extent. Grizzlies, I would say for sure, you know, being in the same division, the Ja Zion thing, right. Uh, one and two. And, and, you know, Memphis is another like gritty, small market city like new Orleans. I almost feel like we're sister cities right. in terms of NBA markets. And so I respect the Grizzlies and I love the, the fandom that, that those fans have shown towards mm-hmm. that team. But also, I really want to beat the Grizzlies. And you add all that stuff up. You add the motivation that they have, the fact that there's some budding rivalries or some intensity. And that's one of the big reasons why, I mean, beyond the obvious, that I'm looking forward to this regular season because I feel like on a nightly basis, you know, people say that the season's too long, and I I can agree with people that say that. And And when you're in it, it's tough. and, And I feel like, you know, the NBA has tried to address some of the load management and guys sitting games, which I think is a great push to try to do that because it, it sometimes it sends the message that, you know, the regular season is so long that we don't have to have our guys play every night. Yeah. But I do think that it's not going to feel that way to me this year for, especially for the Pelicans in particular, I think you're going to have to have, you're going to have night after night where it's like, this is an important game. This is a team that we really want to see beat. every minute out of these guys together. Right. You know? and, and, and one of those things that, that Larry talked about, the runway for later and the amount of time that they have. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really quantify the ether of a team. You know, what makes it up that that special little blend of uh, guys getting to getting uh, along personally mm-hmm. and, and liking each other genuinely. Plus the chemistry they have on the court, the physical abilities they're able to feed off of with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only so many metrics you can quantify those things right. with. But for these guys to be as close, genuinely as they are, to be as as 
mentally built alike as they are. It's a lot of guys who are just tryhards, for mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word, who really want to grind it out. There just seems to be something special about the cohesive dynamic of this team. And I thought that that part paid off during the start that they got off to, where they were eighteen and eight. They were 23 and 14 through 37 games. Unfortunately, that was exactly the mark where Zion had his hamstring injury, missed the last 45 games. So I think we were seeing some of that stuff, the advantage that they might have over certain teams come into play in terms of the chemistry and how well they get along. Um, But to me, I also have thought about this. um, Imagine when this team, if this team can get to the point where they are a consistent year in and year out. And I guess... Before I fast forward too much, just just this season, if they can be back at the top of the West, yeah. what the experience was like in December during that weekend when they played Phoenix was unlike, I think, anything I've seen in terms of the regular season. It Absolutely. felt like the playoffs, even yes. though it was only 20-ish games into the regular season. So uh, I, I just keep thinking in my head, imagine if this team can get to the point where they're maximizing their potential combined with how much the city – of New Orleans loves these guys. Uh, this has been such a good experience in terms of the relationship between New Orleans and the players. Yeah. Um, the number of different players that people have a, I don't know if love affair is the right way to yeah. put it, but I mean, man if, crush, if, little if, fan crush, if whatever. You, if you look in the stands and you see all the different jerseys, it's not just Zion and BI yeah, and that's CJ. That's what I love about it. It's not just the stars. You see so many Jose jerseys. You see so many second round undrafted guys with jerseys being worn in the stands mm-hmm. that are integral to the fabric of this team. And it just shows you just how widespread the, the popularity of the roster is. And in, in this, this last clip from media day, um, Talked to Najee Marshall and Jose Alvarado. Two more fan favorites. Yes, indeed they are. Two great guys to talk to. Yes. Um, oh, I think they, they approach interviews from, maybe from a little bit of different perspective that, say, Trey and Larry do. They but they have a lot of enthusiasm and, and just their personality comes through. Yeah. But in these two clips, they both kind of address just the, the way that the city has adapt, adopted the Pelicans as such a team that they love and one of the things that Najee talks about first is just the number of kind of star players that have been here and guys, NBA players that are very recognizable. But yet this team with this group of guys, I think is, you know, there's no way to really measure this, but it does feel like they're near the top in terms of how popular they are. Absolutely. And then after Najee, um, Jose talks about specifically, I asked him about, just seeing his jersey in the stands and yeah. his reaction to having so many people pick him out as the player that they le- they love and they support the most on this roster. Personally, for me, it's kind of like it's crazy because, like you said, man, Brandon Davis played here, David West, Chris Paul, J.R. Smith, a lot of top guys. But like, I just feel like just being around the city, talking to people that's from here, like just getting reviews from them, they tell us how like. It's the most evident supported team and just like everybody just going around the city, everybody get the same amount of love. Like nobody's more popular, nobody's just like they all love us and it's just always great energy. Like it's not too many times where I experience bad energy in the water. So like just to be able to do that off of just straight basketball is crazy to me, to be honest. Now that you've been here for three years and going into your fourth year, I mean what's it been like as far as um the interactions that you have with people like you have with people that come up to you when you're around downtown and stuff like that i mean it's just all love too like i never feel 
nervous or scared. I just, you know, I just know that if somebody notices me, like, they just want to show all love. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, somebody might try to be Coach Willie Green out there on the streets, but <laughs> besides the fact of that, everybody just show love. <laughs> you mean, like, telling, like, giving you tips on what you should what do? What should we do as a team? <laughs> telling me to shoot the ball and stuff like that, like... But besides that, like, for real, it's all love. And there's people giving me advice, telling me, like, oh, I appreciate it. Like, the city ain't never had a, had a game like this in a minute. Like, y'all back lit. Like, people just showing us love, so. It's just, uh, every time I see somebody wear my jersey, I try to go out there and appreciate them because that Jay just did something for me. Little do they know. Um, you know, uh, you know, I remember the first time I was home and my friend, my one of my best friends came to see me, came to the game. And he took a picture because he was sitting in front of the two people that had my jersey mm -hmm. my rookie year. And this is when I first started started to get going. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just like, wow. He the one, he the one who said, wow, like this is this is insane to me. And then, like you said, I kept growing. And I appreciate that. And I hopefully keep growing. You know, uh, it's just a blessing. Like I said, when people that get my jerseys, I try to get grateful for them because um, they did me a favor. They did, uh, they changed making my life, my eyes open more. I don't know about you, Jimothy, but I'm ready to run through a wall. Anytime I hear Najee and Jose talk, and that gets me fired up. I, first of all, I love the fact that Najee kind of sounds like Method Man. Always gets me pumped up. And then uh, Jose, how can you not love that energy, man? Like, First of all, it's it's great to see a guy like Jose succeed, a guy that's mm -hmm. like my height mm -hmm. in the NBA succeeding. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, just, it, it sort of speaks to, I don't know if Jose understands how much his energy translates to like New Orleans because mm -hmm. like New Orleans fans have always felt like overlooked and you yep. know it, we, it feels like a city that doesn't get its just due and I feel like Jose just speaks to that so much he doesn't understand why he's our boy right but it, it, it's it goes deeper than just wearing a jersey man yeah I mean his scrappiness his intensity yes the way we use the phrase chip on our shoulder mm -hmm. I feel like he personifies that maybe the most of anyone yes. on the team when you see him on the court running up and down. You it just you can just tell he's out for blood every time. And Najee, you know Najee's yes. not going to take any guff from anybody, right? So those two dudes, you know, as much as as this city loves every player on the team, those two scrappy underdogs, those unheralded guys, are two of the deepest fan favorites, I would say, on this team. And I think the part about Najee that people love too is he's the guy that you kind of get a sense that. You know he he's not gonna start a fight, but if some something it. else break right, if something else breaks out on the court, maybe he's been waiting for this to happen for a <laughs> yes. while, and he's ready to show you know that he's not somebody that can be messed with or but toyed with. What's funny with. is like Najee's not a jerk. He's like a he's a nice, funny guy. He really is, yeah. But boy, you don't want to see him swinging on you. If, no, if, if you know you started something on the court, you know Najee's coming to back up his boys. And uh, yeah, just those two guys, just the, the heart that they show on the court, they, they have done everything that a non-star can do to, to get all those minutes. And, and they've earned every minute by just the toughness they've shown on the court. I, I hope they understand how much New Orleans fans appreciate the toughness and the grit they show. And both of them were undrafted too, so that's yes. another thing that I think you have to respect both of them for. It's not easy to carve out a career in the NBA because the guys that get drafted get a million extra chances. To be a second-round pick and stick in the right. NBA is mm -hmm. almost rare. To be right. undrafted and to be a stalwart on your team, to be like just a, a cornerstone for the fan base, that's special, man. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, those are two of the guys that we're going to be um, watching during preseason. Um, just another, just two good examples, too, of even though, like I said, they weren't drafted – 
the amount of talent and promise potential that this team has gotten from the draft process, even yep. if it isn't during the first two rounds, has been something that um, makes you excited for you know the next few seasons and beyond. Um, just you know, talking about preseason real briefly, we'll I'm sure we'll get into this in much more detail when we get closer mm-hmm. to the games. But I mean, you have guys like Jordan Hawkins, Dyson Daniels, yep. first round picks from the last two years. Um, unfortunately, you know Trey Murphy is going to be out for a little while. Jose and Larry aren't full go in preseason, but it's I a long think season though we'll, we'll see. We maybe we'll get to see more of some of the other guys. You know Hawkins and Daniels I mentioned, EJ Liddell, who was a second round yeah. pick a couple of years ago, Kyra Lewis Jr. Maybe he'll get more of an opportunity with Jose not being out there possibly for preseason I mean, games. He could always use his speed. He could always use another slasher. Uh, right. Kyra was coming on, you know, so you, I think we saw some exciting stuff out of some of those guys. And so, I mean, to kind of go big picture, um, there might be, there have been some preseasons, I think, if you went back, say, five years, eight years, where preseason, a lot of the guys, if there's players out there that are getting opportunity, you're like, yeah, they're getting an opportunity, but they really don't have a lot of potential necessarily. There were they, some years where you felt like they them. were being showcased for other teams right. almost, more so than seeing how they fit on our team, and that's a totally different philosophy shift. And, and I think the level of player that we're talking about in terms of, okay, these guys are going to get more of a chance to play in preseason is just higher. Yeah. You're talking about recent first-round picks. You're talking about um, guys that were coveted when they came into the NBA. Absolutely. As opposed to you know maybe like 13th, 14th men who, as you referenced, maybe are – either trying to catch on to a roster here or somewhere else in the right. league. So um, from that perspective, I think there's going to be a lot to uh, look forward to during preseason training camp and then obviously open practice is Sunday, so that'll be a good chance for people to get uh, a closer look at the yeah. guys in person. Get in and there. that's something that we'll be talking about more, I'm sure, on Friday show. There's so many interesting dynamics to see with this team. There's so much talent now, and now it's a matter of sussing out who fits where, how they're going to operate together. And this is where it gets fun. You know, there, there may be some bumpy parts and there may be some growing pains, but you cannot argue with the amount of just pure talent that's on this team. I mean, it's so hard not to get excited and start dreaming big. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it in check, but uh, just know my eyes have got stars in them. Uh, Media Day had me dazzled, Jim. Uh, most of all you. You know, you're <laughs> just out there with your sequin suit and your uh, Elton John glasses Yes. Uh, you know, just just really Diva behavior. Yeah, you yes. know, you, you wanted to give the photographer something to to take pictures of. Right. And, uh, you could say I was the Jimmy Butler of of Pelicans Media Day. You maybe. always are. You're the yeah. Jimmy Butler of my heart. Uh, man, we got we, we're going to start rolling soon. I mean, the season is basically upon us uh, as the preseason looms, and the podcasts, boy, they're going to start rolling, my friend. We got some in the can, ready to roll. Yes, we have our guy David Ivanovich on Friday. Big shot. Right. Better known as Big Shot. I don't even know if when I said his real name, people were like, who the heck is that? Just now, I was like, who's that guy? And then when I said, when you said Big Shot, people were like, oh, okay, we yeah, know what you're guy. talking about yeah, now. Yeah. But yeah, the equipment manager, he's been with the Pelicans for 35 years. So we took the opportunity to interview him and kind of talk about his- a lot of rosters. Yes. His, his, his time in the NBA that goes back to the 80s and just how much things have changed in the league since then. It's happened in a lot of different ways, including the travel. So we look and forward the fact to that. It's not a bunch of like forty-year-olds with mustaches, chain smoking on the sideline <laughs> and stuff. You know, it's yes, it's the health has changed. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. The smoking is definitely 
uh, really slowly filtered. Well, not not slowly, rapidly filtered yes. out of the league. It's so weird to see those old games. There's just a haze in the lights. <laughs> right. And stuff. Like, right. How are they playing? And you realize that that was. And you realize that some of that was from the players smoking yes, on yeah. the bench. The coaches yelling at them <laughs> in their faces. You know, like. Man, it's uh, he's been around since back in the day is the point. Back when there were high socks and different standards. So uh, <laughs> and, he's, and shorter shorts, too. much shorter <laughs> shorts. Yeah, high socks and shorter shorts. That's the look you need to bring back, Jim. I think that's the 2023 uh, season. Jim. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I like that idea. Though. It was worth a shot. Yeah. I had to try it. Yeah. Uh, but man, the Pelicans podcast is a back. Tell your friends and pals. Tell them to go subscribe on iTunes. Tell them to check out the Pelicans podcast everywhere they check out podcasts. You're going to want to get on that train. Big thanks to Mr. Jim Eichenhofer doing all the big work. Big thanks to you for listening. Uh, I am Joe Cardosi. We will talk to you once again on the Pelicans podcast on Friday. And until then, go hell! Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.